thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, if you've got your bulletin, um, grab it. You're going to need the back of that today. It's wide open just for you. Uh, you need to find a pen or a pencil or something because you're going to need to take some notes. Um, we are in a series called um, basically In It, Not Of It. And we're looking at how to be in this world but not of this world. And we've set this up for a couple of weeks. Last week we took the Lord's Supper and today we come out of this ready to build on top of that foundation. Okay, Now we've done all the prep work we can do. And now the foundation is laid, and we've got to lay on that. We're going to build on that, okay? And we're going to start looking at people in the, in the Word, people's lives, uh, and what they did, what characteristics in their life stood out. Why were they able to be in it and not of it? How did they do that? And so we're going to tackle that today, and um, we're going to start looking at people's lives. Before we get into this, I want you to see something real quick. I want you to watch a video. Now, here's the deal. When you watch this, I know you're going to want to watch it, but you've got to read the words. You've got to see those words, okay, or you're going to come out of this going, and why did we watch that? Okay, so you've got to look at the words, all right? Watch this. ILX with 8-speed dual-clutch transmission from Acura. Mm. As fast as you are, that's tomorrow morning for many of us, right? Gone. Catch me if you can. Here's a sad statement that applies to God for many of us. Catch me if you can. Do it in me. Do it for me. Oh, you're too slow, God. You're too slow. I got it. I'll do it. I knew better than to ask you. I always ask you. You're way too late, way too slow, never on time. Then I have to do it. As fast as you are. Mm. Catch me if you can. I want you to go to Exodus. Once you go to Exodus, I want you to look at chapter 33. Exodus 33. Now, here we are with Moses leading God's people. Up in verse 11, he says that Moses would leave his tent, his place, and go and meet with God face to face. You talk about the presence of God. The presence of God is God's presence right in our face. Some people say, well, it's like God is sitting in my lap. Mm -hmm. That's called his presence. Some people say, well, it's so thick and heavy you can feel it. That's God's presence. Some people say, well, there's an oil in here. You can feel an oil in here. That's the Holy Spirit of God. That's the presence 
of God. That's those times where you kind of want to fall on your face or take off your shoes because you don't feel worthy to be in it. And that's what he's doing right here. He's meeting with God face to face. And I want to pick up in verse 12. I want you to follow Moses' life. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name. You have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. That 14 is massive. I mean, it's massive. I mean, it's huge. If you could just hook up some Christmas lights that blink, you put it in your Bible right there. Just put it in there. So when you open up, just blinking at you. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Mm. That commercial, fast as you are. Oh, I'm sorry. I will give you rest. Catch me if you can. I will give you rest. That's not sleep. We'll look at that in a little bit. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know (laughs) that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? And what else will distinguish me from all the people, from all the other people on the face of the earth? In it, not of it. How am I going to stand out out there? How am I not going to be just like all the other people on the face of the earth? There's one way. His presence. That's it. His presence will go with you. You say, well, I want to go back to those good old days with Moses. We can go out there and meet with God. Just like really meet with God. Can I just say something to you on this side of the cross? You got it better than Moses. You just just got it better than Moses because in you is the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus Christ incarnate. In you, man, the power of the Holy Spirit. He's with you 24-7. He is dwelling in you. You got it better than Moses. And Moses had it good because he's going to meet with him. But you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the power to live in this world but not be of this world. He said, greater is you that is in you than me that is in the world. Greater is he that's in you, man, than he that is in this world. you got it better. So what in the world, the presence of God, I w- don't send us out from here. Don't send me out from here. You call me to be a daddy. You call me to be a mom. You call me to work here. You call me to own this company and represent this company. You called me here. How am I going to be set apart and different? You're going to be set apart and different as a mom or a dad or a husband and a wife, as a son or a daughter, as a worker, as a boss, if you will rest in him and in his presence. Don't get up and go without his presence. Don't. I want to look at some myths today. Four myths and four truths, and we got to roll. 
So you got to really sharpen your pen, okay? We looked at these this week, and as he was studying these, man, I just kept pounding in my head because this whole thing is where I was about to start. So I want to give you four myths about a quiet time, and these are good. They're going to set you free, and then we're going to add some truth to it. Four myths, four lies, four misconceptions out there about a quiet time. Number one, that it must be between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. Some of y'all are like, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Been set free right there. Go to church and get set free. Hey, listen to me. It's not, it doesn't have to be 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. God, God is absolutely, absolutely going to be offended if you snore on him. If you fall asleep in a quiet time, he is going to be offended. And if you're praying and all of a sudden you fall asleep, he's going to be very offended. Don't fall asleep on God. So it doesn't have to be 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. If that's your cup of tea, if that's who you are, if you're a morning person, then go for it. But if you're not, be set free by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says it doesn't have to be between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. It's not in Scripture, okay? So you're set free. Bad myth. Number two, quiet time must last an hour. It has to last at least an hour or I'm not spiritual. That's not true. That's not true. That's a lie. That's a myth. Third, quiet time journal must look like a Bible. You know, you journal out everything, and you think, well, man, I, I don't, mine doesn't look like the New Testament. No, mine just has a couple bullet points. You don't, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. Fourth myth is this. Quiet time must be every day. And you say, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, listen to me. You need to understand something. Bible reading and prayer needs to be every day. A quiet time does not. You say, what's the difference? Pretty simple. When you're in the Word and you're reading the Word and when you're in prayer, okay, that's one thing. You're doing something. He doesn't want you to do anything. A quiet time is totally different than in the Word, in the Bible, or in prayer. Now, you can be quiet while you do it, but I'm saying this. I'm saying it, and we're going to look at it in a little bit. A quiet time is when you come in, and guess what? You don't talk. You don't say nothing unless he prompts you to say it. Okay? I mean, come in and be still. Come in and rest. Rest in word does not mean sleep. Can I tell you that? Rest in the word means rest in your soul. Rest in your soul. That's running 110 plus every day, every hour. And a lot of us, a lot of us just do drive through quiet times. That's what we do. All right? I don't like drive throughs if you've ever been around me, that's one of my deals, and I'm, I know it makes me weird. I don't go to drive through restaurants. I don't, like, I don't go to the drive through at the restaurant. I don't go to drive through banks. And I, I know I'm weird. I go in every time. I don't care if it's raining, snow, sleet, hailstorm, doesn't matter. I'm going to go in. And the reason I do is, and I have only simple one reason is, I'm a people person, and I believe there's a divine appointment at that counter. That's the only reason. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, it's, I've had great times. I got to see them. I got to talk to them. I got to touch them. 
I got to have a word for them. I got to look them in the eye. I got to know them, all right? And I'm sorry. That makes me weird to know. But you can't do that with your, with your quiet time. A quiet time is meeting with a person, and his name is Jesus. Now, well, I'm going to roll because of time, but you got to go quick. Got to listen quick today. Four truths about a quiet time. Four truths about a quiet time. Number one, you have to quiet your mind. You got to quiet your mind. You say, oh, no, I'm serious. You got to quiet your mind. All the babble is in your head. It's in your mind. That's where it is, okay? It's in your mind. You say, well, why can't I bring my Bible in there? Hey, I'll tell you why. Because many times today, many of our Bibles are on our phone or iPad. Now, that's a beautiful thing, not for a quiet time. Okay, here's the reason. As soon as you're reading the Word on your phone and it goes, ding, oh, look, I got a, I got a message. Oh, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> Excuse me just a second. I got a lunch, 1130. I, I'm good, 1130 works. What in the world? You, you're going to look at it. Facebook, something on Pinterest. Oh, somebody pinned something. Let me go look at it. Oh, it's a recipe. You're done. You're done, man. You're done. Okay? I'm, y'all laughing because you do it. Listen to me. You can't stop it. You can't. Okay? You, you want to look. You say, I'm not looking. Not looking. Oh, Father, help me not look. You're going to look. Okay? So don't do that. Okay? Don't do that. Don't take your phone in there. Don't take nothing. It's a quiet time. That's why I said it's not Bible reading and it's not prayer. Because I'm going to tell you, those times get interrupted too much, okay? A quiet time, you've got to go in there and quiet your mind. I want you to look at real quickly. Psalm 132, look at, I mean, uh, 131, verse 2, sorry. 131, verse 2. But I have stilled and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. I have quieted my soul. I can tell you this from experience. Okay, I'm a doer, and I do not sit well at all. Two-thirds of my meals I eat standing up. I know I got issues, but I'm up, man. I, I just can't sit down, okay? I can't. I study in short periods, and I get up and walk it out. I got to come back to it. I can't just sit there, okay? I don't sit well. I don't sit at home well. I don't sit anywhere well, okay? I just don't do that well. I've had to learn to do it. I've had to learn. It's a learned discipline for me. It's a spiritual discipline for me. God had to teach me how to do it. I've got to do it. It's very important. It's the most important thing I do. And I had to learn how to sit. And I'm going to tell you something. When I sit, the first 10 minutes, I guarantee you at least, 10 minutes, it takes me 10 minutes to quiet my mind. It does. So, so understand something. What I'm asking you to do is extremely hard to do, but it is the greatest thing you will ever, ever do. But it's the number one thing the enemy is not going to want you to do. If the enemy can keep you fast, catch me if you can, he's winning. You say, well, I'm really not the, I'm not any different this year than I was last year. 
Oh, you, you, you are lying to yourself. Yes, you are different. Because there's no plateau and no rest in the spiritual world. There's not, I'm just the same as I was six years ago. I asked a coach one time to share his testimony at a sports banquet. And he said, now, Ponder, I shared my testimony there about seven years ago. I'm like, seriously, it hasn't changed? Nothing new? Got into anything in seven years, still the same. That, what is, what, what? Crazy. Quiet your mind. When you sit down, quiet your mind. Let your mind get still. Secondly, you got to focus your mind. Focus your mind. Psalm 100, verse 2. Worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful songs. Focus in your mind most likely will lead to worship. I can't tell you how many times I've sat and got still. My mind got quiet. And all of a sudden, I started worshiping. There's songs in us, man. He'll wake you up with a song. Sing it then. If he put a song in you and you wake up with it, sing it. Okay? Sing it. Worship. My heart's affection. My mind's attention. We quote this scripture a lot. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Can I share something with you? And he listens to it, too. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Mm-hmm. But he listens to it, too. So, see, I can't sing a lick. I mean, bad. Okay? Bad, bad. There's no amount of money <laughs> that I can pay Paxton because that dude can sing. All right? Now, I can't sing a lick. But I'm going to tell you right now, I can worship really well. I can worship well. My God loves my worship. Even when I sing this song to start with and add this one in the middle and end with a total different song, all in the same keys, okay? He doesn't care. And my Jeep, I'm singing a lot of times. I'm worshiping. And I leave in the morning and I head in for a meal, for a breakfast meeting, and the sun's coming up over Amarillo and the geese are flying, and I just bust out in the Lord is, I mean, I just think about 113.3. This is the day the Lord has made all that it in me, rejoice in it and be glad in it and all that. I just start singing, man. I just start busting out in the song. Now, if you were sitting next to me, you would quietly say, Pastor, please don't do that. All right? But God doesn't do that to me because he hears my heart. He hears my heart. So you macho boys that don't think you can worship and sing, you can. He loves your song that's in your heart. Sing that song. Sing the song, and I don't care how bad it sounds. Sing it in the shower, all right? Sing it in the shower. And if your wife comes in and turns the light off on you, just keep singing louder, okay? Just sing it louder, okay? Sing it. Three, real quick. Pray your mind. Pray your mind, your heart. Transfer my burden. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him. When you quiet your mind, okay, when you focus your mind, it, I most, most likely it's going to lead to worship, a time of worship, okay? It did for David. It did for Moses. It did for a lot of people, okay? It just begins. And then all that stuff, as you sit quietly, all that stuff that's weighing on you, all that stuff that's burdening you, all that stuff that's heavy on you, okay, transfer it. 
transferred. What are we? Just a question. Spiritually, we are called sheep, correct? Are we called pack mules? God ever refer to us as a pack mule? Doesn't refer to us as a pack mule. You know why? Because we're not designed to carry stuff. Sheep need a shepherd, my friends. Sheep need a shepherd. Can't do anything without him. So why are you acting like a pack mule? Just look at your neighbor and say, you're not a pack mule. You're not a pack mule, man. You're a sheep. You're supposed to give stuff to him, transfer stuff, cast it on him, let go of it, get light, give that burden over, put it on him. Many of us pray like we fish. Hey, God, you take that because I can't handle it. It's too much for me. I don't know what, I, I mean, I, I just don't want, I, it's just too heavy. It's just weighing me down. It's, okay, it's back in my boat. Because you cast your stuff on him, but you reeling it in the whole time. Because you don't trust him. You don't trust God. Your biggest trust issue is with God. That's just the bottom line. You don't trust him. You don't trust his timing. You don't trust him at all. And so you just better take it. You're a pack mule. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not. Your first design is to be sheep. And you're being a pack mule. No wonder you're a mess. You're not a pack mule. You're sheep. Who need a shepherd. Let him shepherd you. If I come out of prayer and I'm still burdened, I did not pray. I just griped. If I come out of prayer and I'm still burdened, I did not pray. I just griped. Last thing is this. You got to renew your mind. You got to quiet your mind you got to focus your mind. you got to pray your mind and your heart. And then you got to renew your mind. I want you to go to Romans. It's kind of the text for this whole series. Okay? Go to Romans. Romans 12. Look at verse 2. Renewing your mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you renew your mind, you're able to do these things right here. Watch this. How bad do you need these next things? Okay. Then, and only then, then and only then, will you be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Without renewing your mind, you're most likely out of God's will. That's just the truth. Because we are focused on things that God does not want us focused on. We're either carrying stuff we shouldn't be carrying. You got to renew your mind daily. A quiet time. It is going to a room or a place and meeting with a person talking with God, not to God. Talking with God, not to God. Too many times in our Bible reading, in our prayer, we're talking to God, right? We've got prayer needs, we pray them. 
These are things that people told us to pray about. We pray for other people. We pray for our kids, pray for our wife, pray for us, pray for our work, pray for our job, pray for church. But in a quiet time, you don't have the Bible, and you're not praying. You're having a conversation with a person. It's not every day, my friend. I, I will tell you this. If you, if you could discipline yourself to do three quiet times a week, you will be blown away with your life. Three times. You can pick the time of day. You can pick the days of the week. They can be all three right beside each other, or they can be spread out. But you've got to find a way to get three a week. Just get away. Quiet your mind. Focus your mind. Pray your mind. And renew your mind. Moses said, what will distinguish us? What will distinguish me from all the other people on the face of the earth? Your presence. Well, don't send us up out of here without it. How much, how much, I'm asking you as your pastor, how much do you desire his presence? We got it better than Moses. Okay. We can do it. If we'll carve it out, he, he wants to meet with us. He'll sit with us. and He'll listen to you. And you'll listen to him. Communication. Face-to-face as a friend meets with a friend. That is the first thing you build on a foundation to be in it and not of it. Let me pray with you. Father, we love you. God, your invitation to us is to come away. Mm. Your invitation today is to come away with me. God, I pray for all of us who bear your name that we would carve out of our lives time to meet with you. Quiet time to meet with you. God, we go fast. We many times... Catch me if you can is our theme. God, what you want us to do is slow down and sit and listen to me. God, drive us back home for rest. Let us not get up from quiet times until we meet with you. God, during this invitation time, don't let go of us if you've got us right now meet with us, speak to us. God, may we see the fall here at this altar and slam on the brakes of our lives. God, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, God, if they'd meet you today, be changed forever. God, as a family looking for a church home, God, I pray the same. They'd come this morning. God, your invitation to us is right now. Right now. May our obedience be an echo of our love for you. In Christ's name.